Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. It is wonderful to be here with you this morning. Uh, This is my first visit actually out to Bethany Covenant, and it is a joy for me because of what this place means to our family. I was... um... I attended the Bethany Covenant Church in New Britain. My dad was the pastor here from 1966 to 1971. So that, for me, that's first grade through fifth grade. Uh, So I remember the church downtown, and um, it's great to be back at Bethany Covenant. And for me to be able to um, be in the area after hearing Carl talk so much about Pilgrim Pines and their little cabin on Lake Swansea. So exciting that you'll be up there next Sunday. So I encourage you to go. Um, This is a a good day for us to be here with you and to be able to share some lessons that we have learned over the past 30 years since the Evangelical Covenant Church commissioned and ordained Carl and sent us to Mexico to work and serve alongside the Iglesia Evangelica Misionera del Pacto, which is our Mexican Covenant Church. Of course, we went just alone, uh, Carl and I, when we first were commissioned and sent out, but since then, God blessed our family with two boys. Maybe you can go back. Thank you. Uh, Zachary, to give a little update, is 25 years old now. He thinks being at a quarter century mark makes him old. We think it's kind of funny. (laughs) Um, uh, But he is now engaged. He is uh, marrying Allison, a girl he met while he was in the Crux program at North Park University. And he's currently online studying with Grand Canyon University and working as a swim instructor, wanting to finish up college after the pandemic. Uh, Jonathan, our youngest, just turned 22 years old last month, and he got stuck in Mexico with us during the whole pandemic. And so as he's now in the States, he's been working, getting a chance to see what that is like here in America, and is trying to figure out next steps in life. So as you've prayed for us faithfully over these many, many years of our service in Mexico and for our family, we ask that you would continue to pray for them, to pray for us, and especially as we go back to an empty nest. So for the last 30 years, we've, we've called Mexico home. Uh, we live in Mexico City since the last 20 years. Mexico City sits at 7,500 feet. Uh, the good thing is there's low humidity and no Minnesota, no Minnesota mes- <laughs> mosquitoes. Uh, and so the thing you have to deal with is 20 million people. But it's a, a big valley, 20, 30, yeah. 30, 30. 30 miles north and south, 30 miles east and west, and in there, 22 million people and seven covenant churches. Uh, so we're uh, blessed to walk alongside the Mexico Covenant Church and its multiple ministries. Yes. Well, this morning, uh, while we have learned many, many, many lessons over these years, uh, we just want to share four of them with you this morning. And the first lesson that we have learned is the importance of love. The importance of love. And in fact, Paul, as he writes to the Romans, reminds them of how important it is, as it is for us. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. 
Well, the best advice we got as we were being sent out as covenant missionaries was to wear them down with love. And so we have diligently been walking alongside our neighbors, the moms and dads we met as our kids went to school, uh, people within the congregations, and as we would reach out in the many ways that God provided for us. But the idea that wearing them down with love in order to introduce them to Jesus. One of the ministry areas where I have been working, especially during this past term, is with Miami. Now, MIAM stands for Ministering to the Abused and Exploited in Mexico. And our team, MIAM Transforma, which means transformation, is the newest of the teams. Because we're seeing through this ministry how God is transforming people's lives with his love. These are safe places where we meet together, where we share our stories of life, of difficult relationships that we have been involved in, um, whether in childhood or currently. And we just see how God's love is wearing people's hearts down to that he does truly love them and that he is with them. Because abuse happens in relationship, well, so must the healing as well happen in relationship. And although wearing people down with love um, has been the best advice we got, we think now as we've been walking with people through Miami that our best practice is actually to build them up with love. For it is God's love that has transformed our hearts as we walk with Jesus, as we learn about him, as we imitate him, as we study his word together, as we reflect on his words, and as we apply them to our lives and to our family situations. Well, during the pandemic, I'm sure many of you found your lives turned upside down as we did. Uh, everything turned to online ministry. And it provided many new opportunities that we could never have dreamed of. With our new team of Miami Transforma and seeing so many needs in Mexico City and south of Mexico City and Morelos, we didn't know how we were going to reach out and meet the needs of so many people with the travel and distances and time. But once the pandemic hit and we were all online, all of a sudden we found ourselves every Friday night from 7.30 to 10.30 walking alongside young adults from different places around the Mexico City Valley and in Morelos. And it was an incredible time, listening to stories together. What a blessing. But also this time provided me the opportunity to work with the pastoral care team for the Maya ministry. And so we would also meet every week and I would facilitate sessions in ways that we can pray with scripture, how we can imagine ourselves right alongside Jesus, being ministered to by him, being healed by him, and being able to share again online with all of our facilitators who hold a lot of space, a lot of stories for a lot of people. And this has been a really special time. Uh, many of the facilitators, when they get online uh, once a month, say, oh, I've just been waiting for this day. Uh, so my job with this team has been to train them so that these different spiritual practices they will be able to use with each of the local teams. Because uh, we want to see this, um, well, spreading out 
uh, so that every team has an opportunity whenever they meet to have time of prayer and healing with one another. Bero gave me permission to share her story this morning. I've known Bero since she was a little girl at the Cuauhtitlan Iscali Covenant Church. And in, in recent years, she fell into a very difficult dating relationship. And as we shared our stories, uh, she told me, Sue, um, it has been amazing as I've walked through this awareness of what abuse really is and what's counted as... Um, Yes, abuse against my person, but then to walk through mending the soul and to look at my family of origin, to look at the different aspects of my life and be able to see God's hand there in spite of it all has been amazing. She said, I never knew how God would transform me as I walked through the school of forgiveness and reconciliation. She was able to meet with this person with whom she'd had this um, abusive relationship. And as they met with a facilitator as well, she received answers to questions that she had had. And she was able to work through her forgiveness as well as look at what kind of reconciliation is possible. Whether it's coexisting in the world, whether it's being able to share the same space and be in places at the same time, or even uh, the, going back to a, a relationship of communion. Um, Bero's story is one of many of the men and women that we hear on all of our teams uh, week by week as we listen to each other and as God intervenes, as we, as we reflect on scripture, as we um, are able to put ourselves in one another's shoes and listen to God's voice and to one another. And that precisely is the next lesson we learned. The importance of being able to listen. Paul writes to the Ephesians about this listening that we are to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. At the beginning of the pandemic, I had COVID. Uh, it was kind of a crazy time. We were all very nervous. No one knew exactly how to treat it. I spent a month in bed, and breathing became a very, very important aspect of my life. And I found the breath prayers that I had learned at a staff retreat many years ago took on a whole new meaning for me. As I would breathe, in Abba Father, and as I would exhale, I belong to you. Abba Father, you know what I need. Um, this connection with the breath of God took on whole new meaning. That every breath we take is a gift for each one of us each day. And as I was feeling better, Alejandra Ibarra, who works with Merge Ministries, uh, she's a pastor to be ordained this summer with our Covenant Church, she said, you know, Susie, I think a lot of people are really stressed out during the pandemic. What if you did something online with these breath prayers and with other practices you've learned through your spiritual direction certificate at North Park? So I ventured out, I prayed, and people came online. These were 
open spaces for respiros. And respiro means to breathe, and it's a play on words because a retiro is a retreat time. And so people gathered with me online from all over Mexico, whether they were related to the Mayan ministry, or they were youth, young adults, or they were women, covenant women ministries, or leaders from church. We would gather in this safe place to listen with the ear of our hearts to God's voice. So listening to God in this way brought whole new meaning to our relationship with God. We felt this unity, although none of us were together in the same place. We were amazed at how we could sense God speaking into each one of our lives and giving us practice not only listening to him, but being able to listen to one another. Because I think that's key. To be able to listen to one another, to one another it's important that we know how to listen with our heart to God. Well, we truly missed being together in one place, but by August of last year, just a month before we returned to the States, we were able to meet in person in Yautepec, Morelos, with our Mending the Soul latest group. Um, it was so good to be able to be together, to guard some distance, meeting outside, but just so good to be together and to continue to listen to our stories, to be able to celebrate Mending the Soul, and just to share what God has been doing in our lives and giving the thanks to God. We're also, you'll notice in this picture, there are two men. That really is encouraging to us in Miami. We are a predominantly female ministry, but this ministry is for all the people of God and for our communities around us as ways to serve one another. So please be in prayer that there will be opportunities for Carl and for Yamsir, as well as other men who are trained facilitators to open up groups for our pastors and for our leaders in our covenant churches. Now, of course, listening um, to God, to one another, is not an easy task, as we are all well aware. It is quite a challenge, actually. And we need to be humble and gentle, as this next slide will show you, to be patient and bear with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity by the Spirit. Isn't this the way communication happens so often? <laughs> it's a six. No, it's a nine. How important it is as we love one another, as we listen to one another, to learn how to stand in the place of one another and see things from someone else's perspective, to believe the experience of their life that they're sharing with you, to be able to put yourself in their shoes, standing in their place, um, by showing this um, love and care for one another. But it's been our privilege to continue to listen and to love in Mexico. The third lesson we've learned along the way is to never stop learning. Uh, as a missionary, uh, we're learning stuff every, every day. And we can look to Paul, who writes, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. One of my most important roles in the last term was to be on the leadership team of the Mexico Covenant Seminary. Uh, the title is Dean, but that just means just do a lot of different stuff. Uh, so I keep track of who's attending. 
we have a list of over 100 people who have taken at least one course in the last five years. Uh, that was, that's kind of a miracle for us. We had, um, the previous model was Saturday morning seminary classes in one place. And you could gather 10, 15, 20 people uh, on a good Saturday in a good course. Uh, the pandemic hit and all of a sudden we had the opportunity to do online teaching and so uh, at the peak of it we had five courses a week and as people, as pastors were getting ready for ordination um, there was an academic component so they all had to uh, take classes so we would have each, each night of the week uh, uh, a seminary class. So we're um, looking ahead now to a different track for ordination and with more courses. So that will require a conversation with the national church to see what courses pastors should have as they begin ministry, um, ordained ministry. So uh, one of the things we're learning is how to do Christian leadership in, as a cross-cultural person. Uh, that's a complex formula. Uh, how much does my whiteness uh, affect my view of leadership? How does that play with uh, being a, an invited guest into meetings? Uh, I don't have, often I don't have a vote, but I have a voice. And, and when do you raise that voice? When do you shut up and <laughs> zip it? Uh, those are all things you, we learn on a day-by-day -day basis. We also are learning that the seminary education is not just for young people. Uh, we have two friends, the Gilberto and Julieta. Uh, they're both now studying in the seminary. They're dear friends. Uh, we are actually kind of, they're leading an online Bible study on Sunday nights that we've been able to attend as our schedule permits. Uh, but they're walking through the parables of Jesus with really their friends and their network of of relationships and we're seeing little by little that Bible study grow. We're hoping that we can have that study multiply into multiple uh, Bible studies where we could form a congregation uh, if God opens that door. Uh, but as we study congregational vitality there was a concept of early adopters and late adopters to change in the church. Well, Julieta is an example of someone who was an early adopter uh, to, uh, follow to, to, to follow Jesus and be part of a, faith, a covenant faith community. Her husband uh, grew up in the Catholic Church and had very strong uh, ties and w was wary of anything that was wacky. <laughs> and so he wanted to make sure it was biblical and was... Uh, that he could honor God by whatever we were doing. So he came along later. Uh, it wasn't until after his third seminary class that he said, now I'm on board. Hmm. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I thought you were on board before. But uh, So as these uh, two people are preparing themselves for what God has in store, I'm not sure they see themselves as pastors, uh, but they're getting trained, and now they actually have more seminary classes than the pastor at that church. So it'll be interesting to see what God does through them. We learned from a fellow 
covenant missionary about a program at Palmer Seminary uh, based out of Eastern. They have a cohort model for Spanish-speaking students to get a, a master's degree in Christian studies. And so it's a two-year online cohort, and they qualified for a, a, a massive <laughs> scholarship. And so they're each pursuing uh, their master's degree, and they each have said, when we're done with the this class taking, we're open to being the next generation of professors. Uh, so that will bring another level of academic uh, level for our teaching. So we're excited for uh, those three students. Mm -hmm. And Mari Cruz, for those of you who were at the dinner last night and I told you about the making a double lunch, she's right there in the middle. So, that is, so our fourth lesson is after loving, after listening, and after learning, then we're ready for leadership and leading other people. And so in Spanish class, I learned a phrase, cada cabeza es un mundo. And if you go to a bookstore, a Christian bookstore, every book on the leadership shelf has a different story for you to follow to have different kinds of results. Uh, what does that mean, cada cabeza es un mundo? Uh, means every head is its own world. Every person is its, has its own way of thinking. Um, so we see that in leadership, and we see that in cross-cultural leadership. And then we can look to Paul, and Paul says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So part of the leadership role that we're introducing is how to have mutuality in our relationships as leaders with our communities of faith. And uh, the way we have done that as a couple as, is leaning into Susan's experience with spiritual direction and my orientation to co congregational vitality. Uh, we have been introducing that concept and trying to contextualize it for Mexico. What I thought was that the left picture was kind of the current state of a Mexico covenant church. Not a U.S. covenant church, but a Mexico <laughs> covenant church where their people might have different ideas about which direction to go. And I thought it'd be like the top line, four steps and then everybody's in harmony. <laughs> As I'm learning, uh, life and ministry is in that squiggly line. Uh, that's where we've seen God at work in transforming individual lives, um, but also uh, congregations. So you can pray for the Kualtidani Scali Covenant Church. They've gone through this first step of contextualizing. And in their next picture, you can see them celebrating uh, the end of one phase, uh, we went to Xochimilco, and we had a, a conversation about how to, to proceed in the mixture of congregational vitality and the spiritual disciplines as they learn how to listen to God in community and listen to each other in community uh, is a unique opportunity for them to experiencing God guiding and leading and how do we allow different voices to, to, to have harmony in what we're living and serving. So I don't know if any of these lessons we've learned are lessons that you can relate to, or perhaps as you were listening to us this morning, God has shown you that perhaps it's love 
or listening or learning or leading that he's asking you to lean in a little deeper. Or maybe as you were listening to one of our four lessons, you thought, yeah, I do that. Oh, yeah, I've been working on that. Yes, I, I'm tracking with you. Uh, but I know that we are all called. And so as you leave this place today, we want to encourage you as you listen to God with the ear of your heart that you will make that commitment to each day and each week to love deeply, to listen carefully to God and to each other, to learn intentionally from healthy churches and to lead bravely so that the church can flourish where God has called you to in this place and in this time. And so we want to leave you with a final word of gracias for your faithful and financial support that, make our, that makes the ministry mm -hmm. in Mexico uh, possible. So we pray that you would continue to support us in the coming years and that we, as we go back without our boys, that we can find fruitful relationships and fruitful ministries where we can see God leading and guiding uh, the communities of faith and the broader Covenant Church. Mm -hmm. Thank so you. So gracias, and we'll be glad to talk with you in the lobby afterwards and make some good connections. So muchas gracias. gracias.